One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore. Joined by Mark Schindler, it's the Daily Ding live on YouTube and, of course, wherever you listen to podcasts. Post game, right after Warriors Lakers, and the Warriors pick one up at home, and the series is now 3 2. Mark, it's impossible to come back from a 3 1 deficit unless you take it to a game six, and the Warriors did. What do you think about the Warriors game plan tonight? Oh, man, I thought they were fantastic tonight. Um... Obviously, Steph was incredible, but I thought the biggest swing factor for me was Draymond. I mean, uh, we've talked about this on prior games, but when he comes out and is just even looking at the rim and, and, and getting any kind of aggression going as a scorer, it's a, it's a game changer. You know, the box score doesn't even fully paint it. Like, yeah, he had 20 points tonight, but I think when you look at how um, it's not even just like that he was looking to score, it was how quickly he was. It, it was it was huge and, and demonstrable in what they were doing. Yeah, he actually was an asset to them uh, going to the basket. I mean, Steph had a really nice handoff to him. And, and, you know, 7 of 11 from the field for him, had 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a couple steals, a block, 20 points. The biggest thing was, Mark, I, I felt like he was completely under control in this game. Um, mm-hmm. It just This was like a textbook Draymond Green peak of his powers playoff game. Tom Izzo was in the house. So he was on his best behavior, and he really just thought his intensity level was higher than every single other player on the court, maybe aside from Steph Curry, but but every other player was looking up to Draymond and his intensity in this game. You know, LeBron talked about the difference in playoffs and being able to close things out, and, and Draymond even said this on his podcast this week. Usually at, at this point, it's about who can go harder longer, and Draymond Green was the hardest one out there all night. But we should talk about Steph Curry, 27 points, only three of 11 from three. But the Warriors came out very aggressive. They hit seven threes in the first quarter. They only had a four-point lead after one. Mark, that was a bad sign to me. I, I thought that the Warriors, with the you know with the way that they've kind of shot the ball and the inconsistency there, for them to hit seven threes and only have a four-point lead after one, that bode very well for the Lakers to start out. Yeah, um, it, it felt like... Not that the Lakers were going to run away with this one, but it, it felt very much exactly like you're saying. Like everything was just kind of going right for for the Warriors. It was like, okay, well, when the Lakers catch up and, and get their stuff together, it feels like they're going to eke this one out and series going to be over. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, I think part of what was so such a big desire tonight is kind of like you know taking a little bit hand in hand from the the series that we saw earlier with with how important the glass has been, particularly on the offensive glass. I think that played out for the for the Warriors tonight big time. Um, and part of that was what GP2 did. And he only had six boards, so it doesn't feel huge. But three of them were offensive boards. And I, I believe all three of those came in the second half. Or it was something like that. It was close. Like a, a lot of his his boards felt timely in the second half, what they needed. And they, um, they needed them after hitting seven yeah. threes in the first quarter. They only had six the rest of the game. They started out the, the second half like 0 for 11 from three. So the shots weren't falling. But they were generating buckets inside, uh, in the mid-range. You know, Steph was getting to some of his stuff. But like you mentioned, just getting getting rebounds and, and keeping Anthony Davis off the glass is just such a, a huge task for this team. 
But they won the assist battle. They had 29 to 24. They won, They had more steals. They, they were 20 points off turnovers, and so were the Lakers. They didn't lose that battle. Uh, they, they only lost the point in the paint battle by two points. This has been sort of the crux of the series. The Warriors play better when they can score more inside. This is basic basketball. But when Anthony Davis gets pulled out of the paint the way that they were doing all night, then those backdoor cuts are open. Then then those putback rebounds are there. And, and this is the, the recipe for success against Anthony Davis for the Warriors. We should note, Anthony Davis was fantastic in this game for the majority of the game. Uh, it was a force on defense and actually had a pretty good offensive performance. Even, you know, we talk about this every other game thing with Anthony Davis. I thought the first half of game five, he was much better defensively than the second half. But in this game, until he was out and even being dragged away from the rim, I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, I agree. I think the the biggest issue was, it, I mean, just with their defense in general, like their perimeter defense was all over the place, especially with, you know, how much um, they have struggled to to play Jerry Vanderbilt as the series has gone on. Like he only played 11 minutes tonight. It, his minutes just keep decreasing as the series goes on. Um, I think you really see some of the, their real weaknesses on the perimeter. Like, um, I mean, playing really big minutes. Honestly, their bench was bench wasn't even the problem. But like, I thought really rough defensive game from LeBron James. Um, <laughs> like, there I, I thought that like you know he had some okay moments in help, but he was getting dusted on closeouts repeatedly, um, and that was a big problem. Like, it felt like even with the Lakers having some like they they had a couple of solid defensive stands, but it was the like we're talking about so much of this was it wasn't the first shot or first look from the Warriors. It was okay, we're we've swung the ball three or four times and you've reacted and we're just getting to things faster than you can and opening things up from there. And um that was killer. Like I mean, Delo continues to be really rough on that end as well, of course. And I mean he had a better offensive game tonight as well, but still I think they just you can tell how much slower this team is. Um just pure foot speed wise compared to where the Warriors are at. Yeah, and LeBron wasn't really connected defensively just from the start of the game. I mean, I, he he was like sort of lazily swinging at passes. It, it just it wasn't gonna be a great defensive performance, in my opinion, for from LeBron because having that three one cushion, I, I think his idea was come out there, try to keep it close, hope we can make a push late, steal this game in Golden State. But their attention seemed to have been on Game Six, so I want to go ahead and move there because. I do think that looking ahead is important when you get to the playoffs. Anthony Davis has to leave this game late after taking an inadvertent elbow from Kevon Looney. He's shaken up on the bench. They eventually take him to the back in a wheelchair. So apparently, I mean, pretty doozy at least. Um, and and maybe has to go into concussion protocol. We're not sure at this point. But the early reports from the locker room after uh, speaking to Coach Darvin Ham. Uh, it seems like he's okay, at least right now. Um, we're hoping that, you know, we get more information. I'm assuming tomorrow he'll have to go do some tests or whatever. But if he's not available for game six, I mean, this is going to seven games. I, I just don't think the Lakers have the talent to to win it without Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, AD's been the most important player in the series, like point blank period. So if he's not there, um, mainly, I just hope that he's okay. But, I mean, if he's not there, I agree. I think that get to game seven and see what goes on there. But um, yeah, I don't think they're winning a game without him. Yeah. I mean, Lonnie Walker, who was the hero in, in game five for the Lakers, only four points in this game. Um, but you can see where his speed and athleticism really bothers the Warriors. And if there's one thing that, that you can do with this Warriors team, you can outsize them. 
and you can out athleticize them. I mean, it just I think maybe getting Lonnie Walker involved in stuff a little, a little bit sooner. I mean, he was more aggressive offensively late in this game. And I know that's a funny thing to say. Like, all right, it's a playoff game. It's a game, you know, five. Get Lonnie Walker more involved. But he just had so much success in that game four in the fourth quarter that I really thought that we would have seen him turn loose a little bit sooner. Yeah, I agree. I think he just brings a different dynamic as a guy who, instead of being so, like he has, he's probably other than Dennis Schroeder, like, you know, the, the quickest downhill guy on their team, but so much of what gets him going because his handle's not great is, you know, coming uh, r- relatively for a guard, I should say, like he's so good coming off screens and, you know, flying off other actions like that. And I think that, with some of the other guys that they have, they can they can bake in some of those actions. Like even it was a little bit rickety at times, but they had like this three or four minute stretch where he was kind of running their offense in the focal point for them, even with LeBron out on the court. LeBron was screening for him, running DHOs with him. Like I kind of like you're saying, like I think that maybe there's something there and and trying to bring more out of that. And I mean, we're gonna have to see it in the next game for sure. But um, yeah, it'll It'll be interesting to see what happens with that because he was mostly a non-factor. Yeah, he's super explosive and he does he does weird stuff that other teams just like you don't anticipate a guard going through a pick and roll and then sort of hopping backwards once he goes through the screen. But he did that like in the paint and didn't get a shot out of it. But he just he just moves in a way that I think throws the Warriors off a little bit. Uh, speaking of burning up, we should move to the Eastern Conference where we had another game five. Miami Heat going into New York thinking they're going to rip the Knicks' heart out. And guess what, man? We're going back to Miami. The Knicks pick up a big win, 112-103. to 103, And they almost blew another one, Mark. They almost blew another game. Yeah. Um, this was such a weird game to watch, man. Um, like, I don't want to do the, like, just strictly saying, oh, the shot making, you know, this, this is just that shot profile game. Um, that certainly played a part. Like the Heat were 13 of 43 from three tonight. They didn't shoot well um, after shooting pretty well most of the series, or at least decently. They haven't shot like amazingly, but point, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Um, I, I do think a lot of this was just the Knicks effort was a lot better tonight. Their intensity was was matched. Like they've played hard, but I think it's sometimes been they're getting dictated a lot instead of dictating themselves. And I thought that they were better with that tonight. It felt like they were first to the punch a little bit more, um, which was huge. And I think the bigger thing was Mitchell Robinson was a big factor tonight after being a non-factor most of the series before. Five offensive rebounds. Um, they ended up like, – I was – you know, I, I'd never thought that I would see Hackamich or, or as um, Fred Katz put, <laughs> Glob and Robinson <laughs> uh, uh, in, uh, you know, in a game. But – he was huge tonight. Like I, I loved seeing that from him, and yeah. it was it was really nice to see that. Um, he, he had some clutch free throws, man. I always root for the guys that can't shoot free throws that get put on the line. He hit some clutch ones. He did go one or one of two at the end, but he shoots it literally straight at the rim. It's a it straight is line. It is so I, hard to watch. Sometimes. I wonder if they can't get him to watch some Tim Duncan tape. Tim Duncan actually used to do the same thing, and he would sort of hit front rim almost all the time, but just softly, and so the ball had a little bit more of a chance to go in. Maybe we got to get Mitch Rob on the Tim Duncan program, send him down to San Antonio, do some work. But he was huge in this game. But the biggest player for the Knicks in this game was their smallest player, Jalen Brunson. 38 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. You mentioned a shot profile game. I mean, that's what it was from him. He was four of 10 from three, 10 of 12 from the line. He scored it every way that you could. 
And this is what he did all year. This was a game that they needed him to step up in particular, and he did huge. Yeah, um, the Heat just didn't really have an answer for him tonight with how well he was playing. He was able to – to. It, I mean, it feels like so much of this, this series, even with him being pretty good this series, um, I think that he's really struggled to use his physicality in the way that he's been able to most of this year to, to really dominate on the interior. Um, but tonight was the first time where it was like, oh, hey, he's really – He's got it. He's getting into the paint. He's getting to where he wants. He's getting to his spots. He's he's able to get to the line now. Um, I think one of the things that was most surprising me actually was how little we saw Gabe Vincent tonight. I wonder if that is something that going backwards, if they would change up at all. They ended up playing Kyle Lowry quite a bit more than Gabe Vincent um, down the stretch. And I think Gabe has been a lot better on on Jalen than Kyle has just to be fair like I mean to be like again, well to Kyle's be fair Kyle was great but... he was pretty good in this game he did miss yeah. a couple of open looks um you know in the last like minute or so but he hit a couple of big shots for them that really brought him back and gave him a shot to win so you know I think it's a, a matter if I'm projecting here for Spo it's a matter of all right you know Kyle is is maybe having a little bit better of a game but I, I think I'm with you dance yeah. with the ones that you brought with and, and Gabe has been so good for them down the stretch. And like you mentioned, a little bit more length out there defensively. So you can bother these guys, keep them from getting to their spots. RJ Barrett and Julius Randle combined for 50 points. You add that to the 38 that Brunson got. That's 88 points from your big three. That's huge for the Knicks. That's what they need. But they're, you know, they're not getting any production from anybody else. And that could be a problem when we get to game six. Look, your stars are going to perform, but you expect your role players to perform at home and man they just didn't really give them a lot if you want the craziest stat of tonight obviously the knicks have been known and, and just tibbs in general have been known for playing a really short rotation they I mean it's typically eight eight and a half throughout the regular season it's been closer to like seven and a half in the playoffs and they went to the extreme tonight jalen brunson and quentin grimes stayed on the court the entire game they both played 48 minutes Josh Hart, who has really struggled to have an, an imprint on the last three or four games, um, played nine minutes tonight because the Heat are just leaving him wide open. It's mucking up New York's offense. So instead of, you know, adding any wrinkles, it's like, okay, we're just going to cut his minutes out completely just about. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein ended up playing most of the bench minutes and Obi Toppin played a little bit. But, um, yeah, I am interesting to see what that means for next game, but also at the same token, like, Okay, well, you're not getting the next game if they don't both play 48 minutes tonight, which that's I think is uh, that's that's hey, an entirely coaches, other thing. More coaches yeah. should think this way, man. Like, look, I'm gonna play my five best guys as much as I can, and we're gonna hopefully win. And if we don't, at least we played our best guys. Uh, by the way, shout out to Quentin Grimes. Yeah, good defensive game from him, but no play was more incredible than. Uh, Do you see the play where he got kind of caught on a screen? Looked like he banged knees, and he was yeah, he was a little bit uh, hobbled there. And Jimmy Butler goes to attack him. Quentin Grimes winds up with a steal. It was an impressive steal. He was off balance. You could see he was trying to hop on one foot. That was a hell of a play. But I want to swing it actually away from Grimes to the guy who tried to attack him, Jimmy Butler. See, I thought Jimmy Butler had a good opportunity there to show us if he was healthy. I don't know if he's quite 100%. I mean, clearly he's not, but I don't know if he's 75%. Um, I expected Jimmy Butler to be able to turn the corner on Quentin Grimes there pretty easily. And, it, you know, this is late in the game. Maybe Jimmy Butler is a little bit sore, 43 minutes in this game. But I'm I'm starting to worry, are we seeing some of the, the ankle issue 
start to pop up in this game. You know, five of twelve from the from the field wasn't as forceful. You didn't feel Jimmy as much in this game as we're used to feeling in the playoffs. What do you think about Jimmy Butler in this game? Yeah, I mean, I thought his defense was awesome, and he still did a lot of really good things. But exactly what you're saying, I mean, we're talking about a guy who has been the best player in the playoffs, just about to, um, you know, being more like, okay, I'm looking like a top five and ten guy in the playoffs right now, and um, I, I expect that to revert just because the same thing that happened in game, what was it, game one when he went down, or it was game two? I can't remember off the top of my head which game he went down in initially, or he, he got hobbled in initially. And then he came back the next night was incredible. Um, so I would probably expect that from him just because that's what he's done. Um, but exactly like you're saying, I think it's 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 hard to evaluate the playoffs sometimes with this. Because like even Quentin Grimes, like Quentin Grimes had a really good season, was fantastic as a starter, gets the injury late in the year, and then it's been kind of a non-factor in the playoffs. Like he's really struggled to assert himself. This was probably the best game he's played in the playoffs so far. Um, when you're looking at it all around, like was it wasn't even just the defense. Like he was really good as a secondary facilitator. Um, he was active as a shooter and getting going, uh, you know, off the ball and, and making things happen with that. And and like you mentioned, that defensive stand was his biggest play he's had in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm hoping for for both guys to be healthy and ready to go as much as they can, man. Be, can yeah. be for the next game. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, got to point out, Duncan Robinson, 5 of 10 for 3, 17 points. All these guys from Miami, they just kind of did nothing all year. Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler was actually really good all year, but not playoff Jimmy. They've rope-a-doped us. I mean, just all season long on, on everything. And so maybe this game was just another example of it where they're just like, you know what? I think we got a shot. We can try to get it close. And again, it's kind of the LeBron thing. We're thinking about game six. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm worried about Jimmy Butler's ankle. The fact that he couldn't take advantage of the mismatch that he had when Quentin Grimes was hurt. I don't know. I've just not seen Jimmy Butler hampered like that. And I just didn't feel like he had the burst that we're used to seeing out of him. Uh, but game six for both of these series is going to be Friday. Potential game sevens on Sunday. Do you have any kind of prediction? I mean, we know that the Corgi has told us that the Warriors are coming back from the 3-1 deficit. They're going to win this in seven. So we already know how you feel there, Mark, because you're not you're a dog guy. You're not going against the Corgi. What about Miami? Are, are they going to win this thing in six? Yeah. Um, I think I would probably still – sorry to all my next friends, but I still think I would pick Miami in this Um Again, like it, it depends on how Jimmy looks, but I just have a lot more confidence in Miami to um, have a better game than they did tonight. Like this felt like one of their 30th percentile games and one of the 80th or 90th for the Knicks. So um, just based on doing the math and, and doing what we've seen in the playoffs so far, I'd be pretty confident in supporting this. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Mark Schiller, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding, y'all.